Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up your pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration. You'll hear the music of the King's Heralds, Del Delker and Brad Braley. The Voice of Prophecy speaker is H.M.S. Richards. to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise Him, for He is thy health and salvation. All ye who hear, now to His temple draw near, join me in glad and mercy here daily attend thee. Ponder anew what the Almighty can do if with his love he Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to Thee in prayer, all of us today, around the world, and seek Thy blessing. Remember our listeners in North and South America, in Australia, New Zealand, on the islands of the Pacific, in Alaska, in the Atlantic world, and far into Asia. Bless everyone. In Christ's name. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before Thee, near to the heart 
of God. get a picture of the plan of salvation and Jesus' great love, this prayer will be the earnest desire of everyone. Give me a heart like thine. Soul of mine, give. 
Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, Worthy is the Lamb. Dr. S.D. Gordon, in his quiet talks on service, tells of an aged Christian woman whose years began to affect her memory. At one time, she had much of the Bible by heart. She could repeat it easily without looking at the book. Finally, one by one, the chapters slipped away from her until she could remember only one verse. I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. 2 Timothy 1.12 But as the months went by, word after word of this last verse was forgotten, until all she could remember was that which I have committed unto him. Finally, as she hovered on the borderland between this world and the next, her loved ones noticed her lips moving. As they bent down to see if she needed something, they heard her repeating over and over again to herself the one word of the text, Him, Him, Him. She had lost the whole Bible from her memory, save one word. But she really had the whole Bible in that one word, for Jesus is the center and the heart of it all. So it is in the fifth chapter of the great prophecy of Revelation. The Lamb of God is the center. For more than 40 years, it is said, the great Samuel Chadwick read this fifth chapter on the morning of his day of worship. In this vision of the complete and final triumph of Jesus, he found inspiration for the service in which he preached. What a majestic scene it is. The Apostle John in vision is transported to heaven itself, and there he sees a scroll written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals, in the hand of him that sits upon the throne. A strong angel cries out a challenge to all the universe for someone worthy to break the seals and to read within that which is really the title deed to the inheritance of the world. The future of the redeemed is involved with all their promised victory. But no one appears. No one is able to open the book. At last the holy apostle and prophet is overcome by his emotions. He weeps much because no one is found worthy even to look upon the roll, much less open it. John the Beloved, the tender-hearted, sheds tears before the throne. It's well for us to remember, as someone has said, that the revelation was not written without tears. Neither without tears will it be understood. How long the prophet wept, we are not told, but provision is made for the opening of the book. These words are brought to him by one of the shining ones standing by. Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. John looks for the lion of the tribe of Judah, expecting to see a fearsome beast, but he sees only a lamb, a little lamb, wet with the blood of its own sacrifice. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain. The lamb took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne, and broke open the seals. He has authority to break them, for does he not bear in his body five bleeding wounds, the proof and evidence that he has paid the price of man's redemption? Did he not come to earth and seek and save that which was lost? as well as those who were lost? Did he not buy back man's forfeited inheritance? As the last seal is broken, the heavenly host, led by the four living ones and the four and twenty elders, 
and 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands of angels break out into song of adoration. And what is the theme of this song? Here are the words, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Sevenfold is his worthiness and sevenfold is their praise. Worthy is the Lamb to receive. Notice, all these things belong to him. They are given to him by God. We receive much from God and from Jesus, but what do we give in return? Most of our prayers are composed only of requests. Shouldn't there be more thanksgiving, more adoration in our worship? The hundreds of millions in this heavenly host ascribe worthiness to the Lamb to receive first power. Men who here on earth have been given unlimited power by their fellow men have in almost every case received only sorrow, blood, and tears. But Jesus is worthy to hold the scepter of universal power in his nail-pierced hands. And this power he shares with his people. He says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. Behold, I give unto you power over all the power of the enemy. Luke ten nineteen. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Acts 1, 8. Second, he is worthy to receive riches. But what did he receive on earth? He was so poor that he had no place even to lay his head at night, so dependent upon the love gifts of his friends, and yet the heir of all things. The apostle says, Ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Second Corinthians 8, 9. In all the riches of heaven and of eternity, which are his, we have a share. For believers are joint heirs with Christ. Romans eight seventeen. Third, he is worthy to receive wisdom. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Many people in this world possess knowledge, but not wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, says the scripture, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. James 1, 5. Solomon prayed for wisdom, which is the knowledge of how to use knowledge. No wonder the queen of Sheba could say to him, Behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom exceedeth the fame which I heard. 1 Kings 10, 7. And we can say of our Savior, Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Matthew twelve forty two. Even Jesus, the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 24. This is he of whom the apostle says in verse 30, Christ Jesus is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Fourth, this worthy lamb is also to receive strength. And what mighty strength he had, not physical power merely, but moral, spiritual strength. Samson had physical power, but lacked strength to endure. But of Jesus, the apostle says, Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Hebrews 12.3 Yes, Jesus endured. No wonder the angels ascribe to him strength. And he has promised this same strength to every believer. To them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Isaiah 40.29 Fifth, the Lamb is worthy to receive honor. Has he not redeemed us from sin? from eternal destruction. 
Is he not our Savior, the Son of God? Should we not then honor him as we honor the Father? And we have his blessed assurance that if any man serve me, him will my Father honor. John 12, 26. Sixth, he is to receive glory. Those who knew him best said, We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1.14 John now sees the Lamb and says, His countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Revelation 1.16 The Bible says of that city of God that it had no need of the sun, neither of the moon. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Revelation 21.23 But he will not enjoy his glory alone. In his high priestly prayer of the 17th chapter of John, verse 22, he said, The glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. Seventh and last of all, he is worthy to receive blessing. We may not understand this, but is not God through Jesus the source of all blessing? Let us with the psalmist say, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 103, 1 and 2. This is a scriptural prayer and must have a scriptural basis. The blessings which God pours upon us, we reflect back in praise and honor to him, just as a mirror reflects back the light of the sun. And what is the background and reason for this sevenfold description of worthiness ascribed to the Lamb? First, he is in the midst of the throne. The whole universe sees the fulfillment of the prophecy of Psalm 45, 6, and quoted in Hebrews 1, 8. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. At last we see Jesus crowned with glory and honor, we see him as he is, divine, but we see him also as human. In the Lamb of God, we see him as the Son of God and the Son of Man. In the second place, we see his absolute sovereignty. And then we see the ground for this ascription of sevenfold praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. We see his matchless character. He is pictured as a lamb, having seven horns and seven eyes. Revelation 5, verse 6. Seven is the number of completeness, perfection, majesty, divinity. In the Lamb of God we see majesty, mercy, grace, glory, and every holy and heavenly attribute. He was absolute in power and perfect in intelligence. Oh, could I speak the matchless worth? Oh, could I sound the glories forth which in my Savior shine? I'd soar and touch the heavenly strings and vie with Gabriel while he sings in notes almost divine. I'd sing the character he wears and all the forms of love he bears exalted on his throne. In loftiest songs of sweetest praise I would to everlasting days make all his glories known. That's the way Samuel Medley put it. And thirdly, we notice that he hath prevailed to open the book. Revelation 5, verse 5. He won the victory here on earth. And yet winning this victory, 
He used no power which the child of God may not use. And the greatest foe of all, he overcame. He was in the form of God and thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Philippians 2, verses 6 to 10. Yes, Jesus died and rose again, and he has the keys of death and the grave. Why should we not honor his glorious victory? And fourth and last, his worthiness as the Lamb of God is based upon his atoning sacrifice on the cross. Thou art worthy, for thou wast slain. Revelation 5, verse 9. He was slain from the foundation of the world. Revelation 13, 8. In the plan of God, his sacrifice was as available to Adam when he sinned as it is to us today. The Holy Gospel was revealed in the first promise of the Bible found in Genesis 3.15. It was symbolized in the sacrifices of bleeding lambs through all the ancient times. In the so-called Christian dispensation, it was symbolized by the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. From the beginning of the world to the end, man has had the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Upon the first man who sinned, the first Adam, was pronounced a terrible sentence, Thou shalt surely die. On Christ the second Adam, the sentence exhausted all its power, Thou wast slain. The apostles preached not merely Christ, but Christ crucified. 1 Corinthians 1.23 And so we, with every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, join the sevenfold description of praise. Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Yes, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Jesus is worthy of your worship, of your faith, of your adoration. Will you not today look to him as your Savior, the one who died for you, and say, I'd sing the precious blood he spilt, my ransom from the dreadful guilt of sin and wrath divine. I'd sing his glorious righteousness, in which all perfect heavenly dress my soul shall ever shine. Praise Him, hallelujah. 
Listen again next week at this same time for another broadcast presented by the Voice of Prophecy. The Bible is God's letter to us. So then, let us read it. Look up and go forward in faith. Have faith in God, His Son without a stain. Have faith in God to bring eternal gain. Have faith in God, the Lamb for sinners slain. Have faith, dear friend, in God.